This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Blueshirt Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Blueshirt Breakaway. This week is a very special episode. It's the Mailbag Edition. Greg, say hello. Hi, guys. Oh, you got me with a trick there. Very nice. Aha. So See, uh, I gotta keep you on your toes. We didn't have anything happening over the All Star break. We didn't have any Rangers to watch. No, no games going on. I didn't do anything. Did you? Uh, well, define anything. Did you leave your room? At times. Okay. All right. Well, that's good for you, buddy. Let's talk about. Hey, uh... I got, I got full, uh, full range of motion back in my arm. Oh, and my back's better. Look at us. <laughs> we did it. We really needed that week off. Yeah. <laughs> this All Star break did wonders for the Blue Shirt Breakaway. We're back. We're, we're fresh. We're feeling good. And with that note, I think we're gonna ask the most important question of the week. You ready for this one, buddy? I am prepared and ready to go. NYR for me asked the question: Is a hot dog a sandwich? Your thoughts? Controversial question. I like that we're starting off with a real barn burner. Uh, I think I'm going to surprise you here, Mead, I, uh, and say, I'm not yes, ready for this. a hot no. dog is a sandwich. <laughs> no, don't do this. It is a sandwich. <laughs> think, think about what goes into what goes into a sandwich for you. You got meat, uh, you got dressings, and you got toppings. Okay. And then you put that between bread, and that's a sandwich. Let and by definition, that's what a hot dog is. Let me ask you a personal question. Is a okay. burger a sandwich? Yes, in, in in theory, yes. Okay, so I. It's like, it's a square, a rectangle is a rectangle, <laughs> a square. Okay, all right, all right. So I I personally think a hot dog is not a sandwich, but I agree that a burger is a sandwich. <laughs> but like, what category is a hot dog its own category then? Yeah, like hot dogs on its own, it's not a sandwich. It's it's like a crescent moon of meat. <laughs> See, when I look at a hot dog. And I look at a meatball parm. Oh, the way they are constructed I'm is so the hungry. exact same way. Would you consider a meatball parm? No, because a meatball parm a is sandwich. Like... Yes, a meatball parm is a sandwich. And I think a hot dog is a sandwich. I don't think so. Oh, this is tough, man. <laughs> All right, let's agree to disagree on the hot dog sandwich, and let's bring this up again for the next four podcasts. I might, I might create a poll in our little Reddit thread tomorrow okay. and ask our. The rest of our listeners, if a hot dog is a sandwich, because I, I, I think you're going to be surprised by how many people think it is. I think we're going to go. It'll be pretty easy to get an answer when only four people respond. Is uh, a taco a sandwich? No, a taco is not a sandwich. That, See, that no, is but blasphemy. a taco is a taco. No, is a tortilla a, taco a sandwich? A taco. I think I think a tortilla like a burrito. Did you consider a burrito sandwich like? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm more passionate about this than anything. A burrito <laughs> is not a sandwich. I will fight you, Greg. <laughs> Come at me, bro. Uh, no, I can't. This is this is definitely... I, just, I think like that's like those are their own categories. I don't consider a hot dog its own category. Okay. Alright, this is definitely gonna be something that's brought up again. I'm gonna do more There's research no on a hot dog as a sandwich, and I definitely wanna try and get in the hot dog eating contest this year. I don't think you're gonna win. Can you do I don't think I'm gonna win it, but I want in. How hard is it to get in that? Uh, uh, I think it involves a lot of money. Really? Or, you have to pay a lot of money to get in? Or sponsors. Maybe. What's he, hey, anyone listening to this podcast that might have a hookup for the Nathan eating a hot dog eating contest, hit me up. Uh, all right, but let's, I will say, let, we are looking for sponsors. <laughs> Shameless plug. You want to sponsor us? You've you got a nice Reddit name? You want to sponsor us? We'll do that too. I don't care. <laughs> would, you like, would you like to just throw us money? We'll gladly take it and then say your name. Literally, send me a hot dog. 
I will say your name. Um, Send me a sandwich because it's the same thing. All right. Uh, enough with the shameless plugs. We're now on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, it's the Stitcher, all that stuff. Uh, we'll have a website soon, I promise. Whatever. Let's get to some New York Ranger questions. Hotdogisasandwich.com. Hotdogisasandwich.com. <laughs> Is that real? We're going to find out later. Um, oh, it has to be. It has to be. Here we go. Now, now that we have that nonsense open, we're ready for Ranger questions. Let's do it. NYR for me also, after asking a barn burner with the hot dog question, asked the He's question asked the question, is Boyle retiring? Um I think it would be in Boyle's best interest to retire, as in I just think his body's breaking down. I will, I will remind you that he does not have to stay with us as a as a player. He's a universal correct. free agent. I, I think it, it doesn't matter if he's retiring or not. I don't see him returning to the Rangers. I agree. Not. I don't think the I don't think the Rangers bring him back. And we're going to talk about prospects in a couple minutes. But we have uh, of the few prospects we do have, I would like to see some of the D guys get play. Yeah, I think it's all but certain that Boyle, one way or another, will not be a Ranger next year. His body, I just don't think his body can handle a full season, and I don't think. A guy that fragile at this point in his career. I mean, he's old. Like, he's 30. What is he, 38, 39? He's 38, yeah. And also, I want to just point this out right now. I'm a terrible host. I know we talk, I know we talk about this often. But that question is actually from Jedi Master Chief. You're doing great. I'm, Bro, I'm on fire. Great. We just started. Um, But, yeah, no, he just – he doesn't have the he, – he doesn't have it anymore. I don't see him I, – I don't know why he would want to continue his NHL career with how much time he's missing with injuries. But if he would like to continue his NHL career, it will not be with the Rangers. My comment is, I think he retires. He has a nice life with his family. And he goes off and he's a family man in America or Canada. <laughs> I mean, he, he just he just banked, what, $9.5 million over the last two years? Yeah, he's done well. Yeah, 4.5 mil over the last two years. I think he's going to be okay. Bye, boy. It's, it's been fun. I, I hope he, uh, he has an impact play over the playoffs. Uh, I, I hope he re- We need him, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. I hope he leaves it all on the ice. And I hope he doesn't be in a pairing with Randall for much longer. Um, I will side note this. I think a Jedi would kill Master Chief. Just throwing it out there. Uh, yeah, but yeah, but how about if Master Chief was a Jedi? That's incredible. Like that, we're not. You know, I'm not gonna stop that guy. He's got the force. You would probably think a hot dog is a sandwich. I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely gonna be our, our first uh, running thing. Uh, so the, actually, the real question from NYR for me was: Should we bring back Lady Liberty? Which happens to be, by the way, your flair. It's my flair, and my Ranger jersey that I wear to all Ranger games is actually a road blue Lady Liberty Jed Ortmeier jersey. So, so is, I am all for bringing back the Lady Liberty. I am not. <laughs> we well, just... see, here's the thing. Well, here's the, here's, here's the thing. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. I don't think it should be their main jersey, but I have no problem with it being like the third home alternate. Okay. I can see that. Uh, like the jersey I really love is um, the ones they broke out and have been wearing more of recently that navy blue rangers across the chest that they wore for the um winter classic that's a sharp looking yeah, jersey yeah that's my that's probably my favorite jersey i'm i'm all in on that one yeah i like that when they wear that one i don't like lady liberty that much i the art feels dated to me that's really snobby of me to say but i like the well uh, that's why i kind of like it i kind of like it like that okay you like the you like the dated yeah i well, i just like I don't know. I think I think the late '90s, early 2000s get a bad rap for some jersey designs. Like some are terrible, but some are so bad it's kind of funny. And Lady Liberty's just got it's got a nice. It reminds all the other New York teams. I'm looking at you, Islanders. Who the real team of New York is? That's why I like Lady. Liberty. God, those black Islander jerseys are disgusting. Like I feel so bad. Yeah, I, I really like the old. Uh, the old. I don't really like, but I like the Islander uh, blue and orange. I like the classic, They're okay. Blue and orange. It, yeah. It's very nice. As a Met fan, I like blue and orange. It's who's, kind you, of, it's, who's your favorite, and this is not a question from anyone but me, who's your favorite uh, non-Ranger jersey? Ooh. Um, hot, currently? Hot yeah, currently. I'll, I'll answer what you think. I really like the Avalanche I've always, jersey. I've, you like the Avalanche? I do. I like the maroon. Always, it looks really good. See, I'm I, I'm weird about this. I'm like a traditionalist. Okay. I've always loved the Oiler jerseys. Oh, look at this. this! I did not expect this. Yeah, I've always been a big fan of the Oiler jerseys, and uh, the Sabers have a nice jersey as well. See, I don't really like the Sabers jersey. Shout outs, shout outs to uh, Sa- 
Buffalo fans. You're set for a long time with Jack Eichel. Enjoy that. Uh, and Ryan O'Reilly. He's fun to watch, too. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I, I really like the the fact that the Oiler jersey has basically been the same forever has a nice feel to it for me. I, I, I like that jersey. Uh, yeah, I mean, I did not, I didn't see that coming from you. I like that answer. Um, I, I keep you on the toes, bro. I don't want, I don't want you to think I'm so uh, easily red and stuff. I'm gonna throw you random questions this whole pod, so get ready. Um, um, considering I, you showed me the list of questions we were answering, and then I left it at work, so everything's a random question. <laughs> Everyone's the best on this podcast. Um, <laughs> let, let's go to the trade deadline. This is a really hot topic for us. <laughs> Uh, it, that, this is question was asked by Make It Nashy sixty one. Oh yeah, uh, the Great trade deadline comes up. Let's play some trades. I'm gonna paraphrase here. Let's do some trades and play GM you and me together. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, so Yandel, right? We agree on this. We we agree. I, someone else has asked us this question: Who the Rangers' best trade chip is? That is Scythe and PJ question. who asked that. It is without question uh, Keith Yandel. Right. I I hate losing value. You know me. I love value. I love a value well, meal. Well, you're a Tampa Bay Rays fan. Oh, yeah. Go Rays. Tampa Bay Rays fan. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get into that at another point in time. And, uh, maybe a, another podcast coming soon. But uh, I, I hate losing value in Yandel right now. I can't stand – like, I want the cup, right? Like, who? obviously, that's what I want most. Let's not kid each other. But the second thing I want the most is a, a franchise that stays competitive over a long period of time. And the Rangers have done that. But keeping Yandel and letting him go for nothing isn't how you do that. No, and there are still some in the Rangers front office, I think, that believe there's a chance for them to re-sign Yandel in the offseason. Though I, I think that annual, annual average value is going to just get to a point that's going to make it uncomfortable for the Rangers, and uh, rightfully so, because I just don't think Yandel is a five and a half plus million per year player. And that's going to be the money you get. I saw that uh, so his, if, his projection for money is 5.5 to 6.5. Yeah, that's well North. I, I, well North of what I think the Rangers would value Keith Yandel at. Like if the Rangers could get Yandel to sign for Brian Boyle money, which will never happen. Oh, never ever. Uh, they would do it. They would do it in a heartbeat. Uh, kind of like, yeah, I just, but at the same time, you know, Yandel, here's why Yandel has value, right? Uh, the Rangers are only on the hook for half his salary. The Coyotes are paying the other half. So a team that's trading for Yandel only has to bring on that salary, which, which makes him an ideal fit for just about every team in the playoff race. But what makes Yandel a poor trade value is the Rangers are in such cap hell that opposing teams can't offer much in the way of impact right now talent to keep the Rangers the quality of team they are right now, which is a team second in the Metropolitan Division and hunting for a playoff spot. So the Rangers aren't going to just trade him for prospects. They don't need to. They can just ride this out with Yandel and let him walk. But he's, without a doubt, if the Rangers decided we just need to restock our farm system and possibly get a first-round draft pick back, that's Keith Yandel, and there's no other player on the Rangers roster who can garner that kind of return realistically on the trade market. I have uh, I have an, an interesting trade for you. You ready for this one? I was reading up ready? about this. This, this does work, apparently. Uh, the Rangers ready? would send Keith Yandel to the Blackhawks, hear me out, for Andrew okay. Shaw, who's 24 and plays left wing. He's a 20-goal scorer 20. two years ago. He's a 15-goal scorer this year. And, like, he's known as, like, their best utility player. He could play top six Question first, probably. Though. Question, though. Yes. Why would the Blackhawks make that trade? Because the Blackhawks, ha- th- while they don't really have holes, Keith Yano is obviously an upgrade defense. I, do they really need – they have – Jalmerson, Seabrook, and Keith. Do they really need someone like Yandel to be their number four defenseman? Are they really going to complain if they get him? Shaw is an unrestricted, uh, is a restricted free agent next year. They have talent up and down that organization, and they're looking for another cup this year. Like they look, yeah, like they're looking every year, just like we are. But we can control this guy sure, for two more I'm, years. But this gives them a better shot. And the, that Blackhawk team, right, like, I, I just, I don't know, I don't know if, I, I don't know if. The Blackhawks moving Shaw and bringing in Yandel 
makes them a de facto favorite. Like, I don't think Yandel does enough for them to move the needle. I would think the Blackhawks would rather have another defensive specialist. Do they really need someone to run the point on their power play? They got Hosa, Taze, and Kane. I don't think you need another weapon on your power play. You're good. God damn it. And you have someone like Shaw. (laughs) Yeah, like, Yandel, Yandel is the definition of a luxury for the Blackhawks. I think if I'm the Blackhawks and I don't want to pay Shaw, I ride this year out and just trade him in the offseason for a team that will be willing to I meet mean, his restrictive free agency demands. They have another team, another year of control with him, so it's not like they have to pay yeah. him yet. He's a restrictive free agent, so they could probably pay him a little more. But uh, that's just a I'm trade that looked really that. good on paper that would help both teams in a big way. Yeah, I, it would clearly help the Rangers more than it would help the Blackhawks. Agreed. And I think if it was a trade that without a doubt, help the Blackhawks more, they would be interested. I just, I, who knows? I, I mean, I'm sure there are Blackhawks fans that are like, oh, no, we need Keith Yandel. He's the missing piece, blah, blah, blah. I just, looking at that team, I don't I, I don't see the need to make a trade like that. I wouldn't move. I personally would not move Shaw for Yandel. I would gladly move Yandel for Shaw. If, but I don't, I don't know why the Blackhawks make that trade. I get it. I'm just throwing ideas at you. I have, I have one more hot trade, hot trade idea. You ready for this one? Give it. Now give I it. like I like McElrath. I want to preface this by saying that you love McElrath. I, I love the Wrath. I love the Diesel. That being said, we send Diesel and a first round pick. Now hear me out <laughs> to Tampa Bay for Drowin. Uh, it doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. I I know I know where you that. A specific trade rumor cropped up from the New York Daily News. It did. I think it did. Got. That's correct. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, again, this is a situation where I see why the Rangers do it. I don't see why the Lightning do it. Um, if the Lightning were to make a Druin trade with the Rangers, I believe it would be for Yandel. And I believe that would be the better Yeah, trade. the salaries don't work out. We talked about that. Right, but the salaries don't exactly work out. I don't think they work out with McElrath and Drew. And is Drew still on his rookie? He must still be on his Yeah, he's 20 years old. He's on his rookie contract, yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't think the first round pick is valuable enough for the Lightning, who already own like six of our draft picks. Um, I actually don't, I'm not sure how many many more they own, actually. I know that sounds crazy. They might, I think the Coyotes own, the the Rangers. The Coyotes own the first and the third next year. Well, the first round pick the Coyotes own is either the first next year or the first year after that. The Rangers hold the right to basically decide which year they give up the draft pick still. So technically speaking, the Rangers can still trade their first round draft pick for this year if they so choose to. Um, But that would mean the Coyotes by default get the 2017 first. Um, I just think the Lightning know they can do better for Druin, and they also know that if they wait long enough and decide to not trade Drew until the offseason, they don't lose a year of control with him. So whatever team is trying to acquire him will not lose a year of it. will actually, in theory, gain a year of Drew by waiting until the summer. And I think if the Lightning wait until the summer, they'll get a better package because you'll have a lot more teams with a lot more cap space. And uh, it would be best for all parties involved if the Lightning moved Druin now, but it wouldn't be catastrophic for the Lightning if they just kept Druin until the summer. I agree. Uh, I, that's just another idea that you know I was reading online, and I was like, man, I would I would do that trade. I mean, I, that obviously a lot. A lot of the Ranger trade proposals uh, have been pie in the sky because they're so limited in what moves they can make. Um, as a Ranger fan that loves to see this team win and improve. I would love both those deals as a hockey fan. I don't know why the Blackhawks or lightning would make those trades. I listen, stranger things have happened, but, uh, I know, I know like Marty St. Louis for Ryan Callahan. Um, well, is that weird? That was weird. Captain for captain. That's weird. That's weird. That is weird. Callahan was playing on the fourth line at that point in time. Fourth line. Unrestricted free agent going to get paid. Rangers were not going to pay him. 
I, I'm not saying the trade didn't make sense. I'm saying that was a weird trade. Oh, it was, it was a weird trade. Sending the first, that sucked. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, let's not get sad about that. That sucked. Uh, let's move on to our next question, actually. Since So say, like, no trades happen, right? Uh, okay. I, I really hope Yandel gets traded. Maybe we'll, we'll keep exploring that those trade options as the – as you know, the trade deadline gets closer and maybe some more rumors come out. But uh, what are the ideal lines and pairings like for the Rangers going forward? Okay, so this assumes full health, correct? This assumes full health and possibly that, yes, that Yandel stays on the team. Uh, well, I think the defensive pairings are easiest. Um, I think you got to put Mac and Yandel together. Okay. I you really gotta you gotta break up Boyle and Yandel. I I I gotta stop seeing. Actually, I take that back. Mack and Klein are a perfectly fine defensive pairing. I like that defensive pairing. We're like already I like Girardi, all over the place. <laughs> right. Mac Mac and Klein is what I meant to say. I like Girardi and Yandel, and then Boyle and um, McElrath or Boyle and Klein. Stahl. Oh no, Boyle and Stahl. Boyle yeah. And Stahl. Yeah, I like that line. Um. Because I, you got to break up Yandel and Boyle, and I honestly think at this point you have to break up Girardi and Stahl. I think they both will turn it around, but it's taking a bit longer than I would like. So uh, ideally, Stahl and Mack will be together, but Stahl's just not playing up to snuff beyond that first defensive line. So I think Klein has done enough to earn himself a spot on the first defensive line. Um would you disagree with any of those defensive pairings? I think um, I would put Mac and Girardi together. Uh, if Girardi starts playing anywhere near his old self, I see. I'm just not assuming Girardi. Girardi, this is a lost year for him. So okay. I'm assuming. If that you're if you're assuming Klein's that he's, he plays better. like crap the rest of the year, then yeah, I agree with your pairings, and I would like to see Boyle get a lot of nights off to rest his legs and play Magalrath. Yeah especially the closer the Rangers get towards clinching a playoff berth is the more I'd like to see McElrath in the lineup. Which might not happen uh, very quickly. When we go over the standings later uh, and look ahead to our next games, it's really tight out there. Everyone be careful out there. Yeah. It's scary. It's scary times. As far as, as far as the offensive lines are concerned, I've got to tell you, I kind of like the line of, Broussard, Zuccarello, and Miller. It's playing really well. I like that line too. I'm a big fan. I also, and I can live with I can live with Stepan Nash, uh, Kreider on that second line. That was sure. my next my next point. I, that's the line I really like. Together, Rick Nash and Kreider make a real hockey player. <laughs> that's that's my best point of the week. Like when they hang out, they make one real hockey player, and it's uh, it's a yeah. nice thing to see. Totally get it. Uh, third line, I'd really like to see Jesper back up on that third line with Lindbergh and uh, who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting someone. Hayes? Or you want yeah. Hayes, Hayes to stay on the fourth well, line? You know what? You know what? Uh, I really like Victor Stahlberg. Me too. I think Stahlberg there you go. Is, I think he's. I think he's shown enough to get off that fourth line. I, don't get me wrong. If it's about like that fourth line is working really well together of uh, Glassmore and Stahlberg. And if you're AV and you just don't want to mess with that line, I get it. But if we were in a position where maybe we can promote a player and see if he can do more, given more responsibility, I'd really like to see what Stahlberg can do with Faust and Lindbergh and just make an all Swedish line. The Swede line, the chocolate, could we call that chocolate line, I guess, or the bankers. We'll think of something. <laughs> the neutral uh, game? But yeah, I, <laughs> sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious about Stahlberg, Foss, and Lindbergh. That'd be fun. And then um, make Hayes earn his keep on the fourth line and see if he can return the form. Uh, make him play with a gritty player like Dom Moore. Maybe that'll be good for him. Show him how the game's meant to be played, yada, yada. So, uh, yeah, no, I agree with all those lines. Uh, Going forward, it's going to be – I'm not sure that the coaching staff can really do anything to, to motivate these players. These players know what they have and how close they were to the cup. Like, these guys don't lack motivation. Like, this team – this is a veteran team that's been there before and just has to get over the hump and, like, seriously beat some really good teams in the playoffs. And that's going to come down to, guess who? Hank. 
Yeah, it's going to come down to Hank. It's also going to come down to Rick Nash. And if he uh, decides to put some pucks Who? in the back of the net, which Who? would be just about great. Oh. Uh, Mr. Nashty 61. Oh, yeah, yeah. This Is he is he our best player? Is that true? <laughs> our best player is asking us Reddit questions. Yes, that's true. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Nashy. Or make it Nashy. Um, speaking of which, I think we're going to talk about uh, our our top prospects in our system right now. This is your most exciting portion of the podcast. You ready for some fun? So I, I'm ready. I, I, I went online, did a little bit of research, did some couple websites, hit them up, and we've mentioned uh, I'm going to do you top six prospects because I'll be honest with you guys out there. Like I just said before with the point standing, it's scary out there. Our prospect system is not great. Uh, it's it's not yeah. exactly bone dry, but man, is it it's it's okay. It's pretty close uh, to I bone dry. The proper, <laughs> the proper term is top heavy. Yeah, it's top heavy, and the top is not too heavy. It's a, it's it's tough. So with, without further it's, it's ado, a, it's a sing, it's a singular top heavy. Yeah, I have the top six ranked Maybe. prospects here, and we're gonna talk about them real quick. So we got first we got Ryan Gropp, someone we mentioned before. He's uh he's a left yeah. winger. He ranks as a seven point prospect, and his his uh, outcome ranking is a C. So, like, Sidney Crosby, for example, for people that know no prospect rankings, was a 10 and an A. So, uh, Ryan Grob comes out as, as a 7.0 and a C. Yeah, and we brought him up because he's the main piece we got back for Carl Hagelin. And, you know, Emerson Edom is the one that we all saw on the physical team. But Grop is the reason they made the trade. And he's a ways away. He's not ready to compete right now. His development maybe a little slow for the likes of some Ranger fans, but you know, I'm willing to let him grow and let him play and see what happens. I think he's a perfectly fine prospect. He's the kind of guy, the Rangers graded him as an end of first round talent that fell to them in the second round. And they were happy to scoop him up. So by the I way, trust their scouting because their scouting has found some gems. Derek Stepan, JT Miller, Henrik Lundqvist, Ryder, Henrik Lundqvist, the Rangers, Matt Zuccarello, this has been a team mostly built from within. So if they saw something they liked in Grop, I'm willing to ride that wave with them, see if he see if he develops. By the way, he's playing in the WHL right now, and uh, mm-hmm. he skated 67 games in Seattle, and he lit it up. He posted uh, 58 points, 30 goals, and 28 assists. Not too yeah, bad. you got to like numbers like that. And those are competitive junior league levels. That's like... Uh, if you know, we compare a lot of things to baseball, but putting up those kind of numbers is kind of like a very competitive double A. Right, exactly. Uh, no, I'm excited for Grob come down the line. He might actually make a difference on this team. I don't know if he'll be a top six winger, but uh, I think he's like two years away, maybe three. Yeah, I, you got to give him a year. Whenever he does decide to make the jump and come aboard, you got to give him a full year in the AHL. Oh, uh, for certain. Okay. You got to give him, I would say, give him at least two years before he becomes a fixture. Moving on, our number five prospect is Ryan Graves. Now, no No relation to Adam Graves whatsoever, but this is a prospect I'm actually pretty excited about. Uh, He ranks as a a 7.0 prospect. You'll see this trend in Ranger uh, prospects, and his possible outcome of succeeding is a C. Uh, pretty much Graves. Yeah, I think you're more excited about Graves. You're more excited about him than I am. So I'll let, I'll let you handle this. Sure. So Graves pretty much has moved up like pretty quietly through the organization the last like couple years. Um, he's expected to be like a mostly defensive blue liner, but recently actually, uh, as I think two days ago, he recently shot the third highest or third fastest slap shot in AHL history at one Oh three point four. Uh, he's like two years away. Pretty, yeah. He's like, he's quietly, he's playing on a line right now with someone we're going to talk about, uh, later in this list. I mean, they're pretty much lighting up the AHL at this point in time. Uh, they're looking to have him pretty much spend another year at Hartford and adjust to the pace of the game and then kind of see what he has after that. He's definitely a player to watch and, and could actually be our top prospect by possibly the end of next year. Ah, well, top prospect because other people would have graduated off this list. Correct. I top prospect because either people are playing on our team or they graduated. Yes. Not, yeah, not, and at the same at at the same time, that's a that's bleak if we're talking about Ryan Graves as possibly a top prospect. I like him as a player. I think he'll be a solid NHL depth 
player for his career. Uh, I, I don't see stardom in his future. No, definitely not. And that's that. That was kind of my point. Where like this, it's really shallow right now. It's it's tough times. Like without Duclair being in this list, it's it hurts. But it's it's something you have to face facts with as a Ranger fan that that you can hopefully find gems and go forward with the team you have, which is basically a, a hope. It's the third oldest team in the NHL, but a lot of the older players are like Boyle and. Uh, I guess who else is old? Domore, Domore thirty six, right? Domore, Domore is up there for sure. Tanner Glass. Yeah, not- yeah. This team will definitely be getting younger, much younger over the next two years, and we do have a good young core at least. Um, now, now here's where things get confusing in the prospect list. Our next two prospects are goalies. Now, I know what you're thinking, Don't which we- is exactly what you would want when uh, Hank Lundqvist is in net. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like. These guys are like a couple years away, but guess what? Hank has like eight years left in him. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but maybe he has like, he might seriously have six. Uh, I think five is the realistic number. Okay. I, I mean, Bredor played to what, 41? Well, Bredor is a freak, though. I agree. Like, I'm, ju- I'm just saying. And Patrick Waugh, those are generational type players that can play forever. Or like Dominic Hashik, who was playing until he was like 43. Right. So I think Hank goes to like 37. Ish. He's 31 yeah. now, 33? Yeah. So he's going to turn 33, I think? Right? 32. 32, I think. I okay. Think All right. We're really good with ages. Um, so let's talk about these next two goalies real quick. So we have, at number four, we have Brendan Halverson. And number three, I'm going to butcher this name. You ready? Igor Shiyushin. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, she, not, she, not your best. No. I, Igor Shiyukin? Shiyukin? Igor Shiyukin. Igor. Igor. I'm going to call him Igor. I'm going to um, go with Igor, yeah. Halverson. Halverson's the one I know more about. Uh, he was the Rangers' first draft choice. It might have been last year. It was year. 2014, and he was drafted uh, in the second round, 59th overall. But that was the year. That was the first Rangers pick of that year. I think, courtesy of the Callahan trade. And I remember talking with a buddy that I live with down here in Savannah, who's also a Ranger fan. And I was like, oh, did you hear who the Rangers took with their first pick in the draft? And he was like, a winger, a defenseman? I was like, no, we took a goalie because we just signed Hank to a very long extension, and that makes perfect sense. Yeah, that um, that was dumb. In, in, in respect to Halverson, he's a very nice prospect. He's one of the top uh, under-23 goalies in the U.S. hockey ranks, which is nothing to sneeze at. That's a very high honor for a goaltender. I just, you know... I, I I personally would have tried to find someone else He's, at that point in the draft. But if he was the highest player ranked on the Rangers board, then sure, take him. It doesn't matter what position he plays. It's kind of like drafting. Uh, drafting for hockey is like drafting for baseball. Really doesn't matter what position you're looking for. You should just take the best talent on the board. If the talent's there, you should take it. And I agree. If, if I doubt that Halverson ends up playing uh, – for the Rangers, I think he'll end up being trade bait at some point in time. I don't know what you'll get for him or anything that happens, but uh, I doubt we'll ever see him. Maybe he'll be a backup for a year. He's a year away yet from the AHL, so he's got time to go. He's only ranked a 7.0 also, like the other uh, Rangers prospects that we've already mentioned. But it's it's going to be tough for well, him. One thing, one, thing for sure, one thing for sure is uh, there's no reason to rush him. No. So however long Halverson takes, just... Just keep doing you. Well, I- Igor is the same way. You know, Igor's playing in St. Uh, Petersburg till 2017. He's not even going to be 22 at that point. He's actually graded it at an 8.0, but his possibility of succeeding is a D. So a classic Ranger prospect. Um, and he's been ripping it up over there, and he's apparently like, you know, a superstar. And he's a young, budding superstar goalie over there, but that's a totally different league. And he might not be able to cut it when he gets over here. But it's going to be – we're going to – he might be someone we never see in that yeah. either. He might fall off over the next two years. Let him, let him play. The Rangers have had success with backup goalies over the years. We've seen everything Cam Talbot has become. Let him play. If they're goalies and they can make, they can help Hank take some days off and they don't give up anything or it's not a drastic step down from Hank, let him play. I'm, I'm all for it. Right. And, and Igor... Igor has a good resume. He got a silver medal in the 2015 World Cup, World Junior Cup, I believe. And uh, he's someone that I, I don't think we'll ever see. And he might actually be trade bed also. 
But this brings us to our top two prospects, names you've definitely heard us say before on this podcast. Uh, and number two comes in, Brady Shea. Hey, buddy. It's our guy. Your boy. You love to jump Brady Shea. He's got, he's got speed, man. That guy can go. Like Yeah. And I think I think Shea graduates off this list next year because I bet I think he's going to find a home uh, in the in the six D pairings for well six D men three pairings for the Rangers next year. I think I, I think he's shown everything he's needed to show at uh, Hartford this year. I just think it's better for his development that he plays every day as opposed to um, doing what McElrath is doing this year, which is riding between the healthy scratch and the six D men, but. I think Shea is a blue liner next year. The Rangers, in my opinion, will have two permanent holes to fill uh, on the back end of their D pairing. I expect Shea to get one of them. I don't know, per se, if McElrath will get the other. Maybe the Rangers make a low-salary move to bring in a sixth uh, defenseman and let McElrath be the seventh D-man for another season. But I think Shea is going to firmly be in the rotation next year, for sure. I, I sort of agree. He's really evolved into a two-way player. He's actually playing on a line with Ryan Graves, from what I understand, uh, which is something I wanted to point out. And uh, when he was up, I, I really liked the way he played. I don't know if you saw the video of him like just deking like five people and scoring in an, in an overtime game in the AHL. But, man, yep. he just... I sure did see that. Yeah, he just he takes the puck, goes all the way down ice, and puts it in. Like It looks so easy for yep. him. Uh, he's definitely. I, I truly, I truly think he's gonna, he's gonna be firmly in AV's lineup next year. I think uh, he's a nice pairing. Um, I mean, it's hard to prognosticate what a D pairing will look like next year, just because. Great word, great word. In my mind, Yando and Boyle will be out, and Shea will be in. But you put him on a line with someone like Kevin Klein, and I, I think that could be very good for the Rangers. I agree, uh, and that brings us to our number one prospect in the Rangers system. You want to say it? Because it's hard for me. I, I just, I just, it's Pavel Vuknovich. Pavel Vuknovich. <laughs> he was, just, he was drafted I, in the third I, round. You added like, you added letters that weren't even there. It's, it's Pavel. Pavel Vuknovich. Vuknovich. Yeah. I, I got him. Um, he, he's the Russian. Everybody, the, everybody's the excited. Yeah. Everybody's excited about him. There is top six potential with Vuk uh, right out of the gate. Super excited about him. He's tearing it up in the KHL. Um, he's but he's vowed to play out this season in Russia. We're we're not. He said we're not going to see him this season. Yeah. I wish he'd change his mind because honestly, I think the actual on the line. I I think the deadline actually passed for him to come over. If there if there is such a thing, yeah, I was reading that somewhere. But he could be a top six forward next year, and I truly believe. He will have almost no problem translating his game from the KHL to the NHL. And having having too many good forwards would be a problem the Rangers haven't had in a very long time. Oh, I would love that problem. Please. <laughs> Please, life, give me that problem. And, uh, he's, he's... I don't know if anyone asked us this question specifically, but now might be a good time to bring up well, did anyone ask? I think someone did ask us a question of who we'd like to see the Rangers go after in free agency at the end of the year. Was that a question? I or think um, next. Uh, Why well, I, I wasn't gonna. I was gonna tease this last for next week. Uh, we're gonna go over and do the the team over the next three years. So I. I, I say we bring that up. I say we bring that up right now. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Buknovich plays into that. So. Okay. I don't know how familiar everyone is with a certain scenario, a different scenario transpiring down in Tampa Bay. Things Go on. are starting to happen with a certain man named Steven Stamkos. Greg, can I ask you a that, question? Sure. Is he good at hockey? Uh, last time I checked, he's quite talented. Hmm. Okay, go on. Now, he might, he might become an unrestricted free agent after this season. And the Rangers would have to do some serious roster and salary manipulation to get themselves in play for someone like Steven Stamkos. I'm saying Boyle gone, Yandel gone, Kreider gone, and they'd have to beg and plead someone to probably take like Tanner Glass's salary. Well, Tanner Glass is gone after this year. Is he? Great. He might might have one more year, but it might be an option. 
I thought it was a three-year deal when he signed. I'll double check as, as you t- as you tell this wonderful story. Uh, but either way, there's some serious roster manipulation that will have to go in because Stamkos obviously is going to get something like nine million um, on the free agent market, and there are creative ways to do it. It's a little too soon to say exactly what those creative ways are. But if you're going to unload the amount of talent necessary, salary-wise, to bring in a Steven Stamkos, that makes Pavel Buknovich that much more important because you would need Buknovich to replace, in theory, a Chris Kreider and do everything that Kreider can do when things are going good for him. Um, and I... Like, that's why Buknovich is important. Not just is he important because he is going to add depth to a Ranger team that just hasn't had depth in a very long time. He provides the Rangers with roster flexibility to get real creative if Steven Stamkos becomes available. I'm, that, that is true, uh, and I did lie again. And Tanner Glass does have a third year on his contract for the same price. That's what I thought. That is what I thought. So you will need to beg and plead someone to take tender glass. Yeah. Oh man. And with but of gri- course, of course, the reason why the reason why to not go after someone like Stamkos is everything going on with the Penguins. You become too top heavy, and now you have no depth, and depth wins in the NHL. But what, what if uh, is that all assuming that Rick Nash is still on this team? Uh, see, I, I, I am not a cap whiz, and I. I I think there's a way that you can have both Nash and Stamkos on the same team. See, to me, uh, I'd rather keep the players you mentioned. Well, not obviously Boyle's gone, but obviously not Tanner Glass, even though I love Glass. And we're going to talk about John Scott in a minute here. Um, uh, Glass is really coming around. I don't love Glass. So take that back. Um, but I, I'd rather have Kreider. I'd rather have Kreider. My and point Pavel. being, it's a, lot easier, it's a lot easier to move a Chris Kreider than it is to move a Rick Nash. That's true. Money, money, money. Uh, but supposedly yeah. the the cap is going up a bit this year, but probably not much. No, not 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 enough as it currently stands for the Rangers to pay someone like Steve Stamkos. Oh, certainly not. Um, but that is a good point. I I didn't say this before, but uh, Pavel is definitely rated as a eight point oh, and he's also graded as a C uh, prospect to succeed. But he's been showing nothing but signs of. I don't know how they do that because yeah, he's I, he's. He's shown nothing but success his whole hockey career, and they're like, "Yes, see." So <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't... people are skeptical. People are skeptical of talent coming from the KHL to the NHL. But in Buknovich's case, I have no reason to doubt the talent. The scouting says his, his release an immediate. Yeah, his scouting says his his release is elite, and his skating is outstanding. Yeah, I think he's going to be fine in the NHL. I would just rather him be here now. Because imagine we had Buknovich now. We wouldn't even need to be talking about someone like Jonathan Druin because that is Buknovich. Like, I don't know. But I'm very excited for next year when he comes over, and I'm very curious to see where A.B. puts him in the lineup and who he pairs him with. Before, before we move on, I'd like to give a shout-out to our, our, our departed, Duclair, bro. Hope you're having a good year in, in, uh, in Arizona. I miss you, dog. Uh, anyway, uh, just imagine, imagine, imagine lines with Duclair and Buknovich on it, and like Stefan. I won't, I won't do it. I, not, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I can't get that said. It's been a good pod. I'm not getting. I'm not going there. So tasty. So oh. uh, we're moving on now to uh, Fig Daddy One Twenty Five. He also asked another question, but this is the more important question that he asked: Will the South rise again? And you're from Georgia. Why don't you take this one? I, I am not from Georgia. I live here. That doesn't mean I am from here. <laughs> you, well, you live in Georgia. You scouted the area. Will the South rise again? Uh, in what regard? I, I don't know. <laughs> he didn't phrase it that way. I was just asking the general question. And I say uh, no. Well, uh, Us Yankees are too strong. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, uh, if, if basing the South off the collect collection of – phone calls I received working at a television news station down here in Georgia. I have doubts about the South's uh, rising again. <laughs> the ability to rise? <laughs> that, yeah, that, I'm going to keep that as PG as <laughs> and just say, I have my doubts. Shout out to the South, I guess. 
Uh, let's move on to this. Uh, no. No. Okay. <laughs> Shout ins to the South. Uh, let's move on <laughs> to the next hot topic in the NHL. John Scott, who held, by the way, not o- not only the MVP of the All Star Game, the talk of the town, but six of the seven top Reddit posts in all yesterday. What are your thoughts on this whole situation? N- not to mention just the absolute uh, bust job he gave Jeremy Roenick on the bench. Uh, during the game when Ronick had to do an in-game interview with them. Oh, that was great. Look, it's a fantastic story. Uh, it's a story that could have gone just terribly, terribly wrong with a different person being the center of it. But John Scott owned it. The fans embraced it. And he came to perform, scored two goals in the amazing three-on-three tournament, which was just the greatest all-star game innovation I think I've ever seen. Oh, so much fun uh, to watch. I love it. And I, I loved I all the play he had with Patrick Kane, though. I, I like when he checked Patrick Kane, too. I like that a lot. Yeah. Well, because Kane was clearly getting booed by everyone and was just getting destroyed by every fan in Nashville. And well, maybe rightfully so. Well, yeah, but those... Let's not kid about false accusations with Kane. That was, you know, that last one, it was pretty bad. I'm not going to get into that, but that was a pretty bad rumor that could just ruin someone's life. But he he does deserve Uh, it from the first time. I get it. He's put himself in some very terrible situations. And as a professional athlete, you just need to be bigger than that. He's basically, he's like, if Johnny Manziel was a good quarterback, he'd Uh, be Patrick Kane. Yeah, that's true. That's that's a fact. But Kane's like a top three player, arguably a top two player in the NHL. Right, but that shouldn't excuse. No, 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 no. It doesn't excuse anything. It it, it holds it to a higher standard, you know, and it, it, you know, everyone should be held to that standard to be fair. But here's there have to be teams around the NHL right now that are, you know, even teams competing for a playoff spot that but it's specifically the teams that are out of the playoff picture. I'm talking like the Buffalo Sabres of the world. I, this is like we're just picking on the Sabres a lot. Today. Yeah, we are. That's not meant to be. But what's stopping the Sabres from just trading for John Scott, save him from the AHL purgatory in Montreal? And just let them play on your fourth line the rest of the season. You're going to get people in the stands. You're going to reap all the benefits of the jersey sales. He's going to have a great time doing it. By all means, he seems like a genuinely nice guy and a good teammate to be around. And he's a perfectly fine hockey player. Like, why wouldn't a team at the bottom of the standings just look at John Scott and be like, you know what? Why isn't he a good fourth line teammate to have in my locker room to have? give a good example for players like Ryan O'Reilly and Jack Eichel and every young player the Sabres have right now. Give me one reason why Buffalo shouldn't make that trade right now. Legitimately cannot give you a reason. That's it's the best, not only financial move, his jerseys sold out everywhere. Like you could just sell out your John Scott Buffalo jerseys. People are going to buy them. It just doesn't make sense. Not even Sabres fans will buy them. Any hockey fan will buy. Yeah. That just doesn't make sense. Like, Oh, by the way, speaking of jerseys, I hate that they made him wear a black jersey with no team on it. That was that was crazy. Yeah, but at the same time, I think, you know, that made the fans love him even more because it made it feel like the NHL was trying to make him the black sheep. I agree, but could the NHL have, like, messed this up anymore? They did an awful uh, awful job. I almost, you know. Yes, they could have. They could have kept him out of the All-Star game. That's that true. That would have been it, them messing it up even more. I mean, I mean even baseball players. That get tra- like didn't Cole Hamels get elected to the All Star game this year as a Philly, but get traded to the Rangers before the actual All Star game itself? I think so. I, I forget. I think it might have been after. There was there was someone there was someone uh, that was this year elected to the MLB All Star game from either the uh, went to, from the American League to the National League or National League to the American League before the game itself. And Major League Baseball was like, "Well, you're just gonna still play for the American League." This is simple. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I think it it's just – but as much as I love the John Scott story, that's why you need to get rid of fan voting. Fan voting is the dumbest thing oh, uh, ever. I'm sorry, fans, and I know we're all fans of hockey here. Fan voting in any sport, not just hockey, is the dumbest. It's terrible. The dumbest. It's terrible. Yeah. There's no reason for San Francisco Giants to start the NL All-Star game or uh, – look, the All-Star game – Especially because all-star game appearances help decide or 
claim to help decide if someone is a Hall of Famer or not, or, or players... Or, get, by the way, a bonus. Yeah, players get financial bonuses from going to All-Star games. Like, perfect example, there's no reason Damian Lillard should not be an NBA All-Star this year, but because it's Kobe's final season, everyone had to vote him in, as well as... Um, Ah, crap. Who is the forward that is going that doesn't deserve to go? Oh, I, I'm blanking on a name. A forward in the Western Conference? Yeah. Forward that doesn't deserve to go. I James Harden. James Harden. Dame, oh, Dame Lillard yeah, is Harden having a better year yeah. than James Harden. But Lillard has to sit at home because the fans voted for James Harden. Look, just give it a fan voting. Let the best players play. The all- Not the best players historically. The best players this season. Yeah. That's who I want to see. The players that are hot... Right now. Yeah, and I, I, I agree. I yeah. just, and it prevents stuff like this happening. Like, John Scott owned it. He was the one person, maybe the only person that could embrace this and, you know, do as well of a job with it as he did. But at the same time, imagine if, like, this happened in another sport, say the NBA, and the player was someone like Nick Young, who clearly should not be an all-star and is psychotic in the head. How do you think Nick Young would have done in John Scott's place? Probably, Probably not good. Probably not well. <laughs> no. Probably not well. No. Yeah. By the way, next year we should all be voting for Nick Young just to see if this how this could go wrong. I can't do that. But I will say that uh, the NHL did everything in their power to dick this guy over, and I'm really glad he got the last lap and they had to hand him a million-dollar check even after they pretty much skipped his name as an announcement. Absolutely. Uh, and the Buffalo Sabres should be trading for him right now. Yeah, like, get on the phone. What do you have to give? Like, almost nothing, I'm sure. Uh, but, man, good on him, and that's such a good feel-good story. I'm really glad everything happened to him, and I wish the best of luck to him and his family going forward. I'm sure they're going to be very happy, and he'll have healthy twin boys. Absolutely. Uh, we got a couple more questions here. I know this is our long—by the way, officially our longest podcast of all time. We did it. We did it. Uh, we'll do, like, a couple more, and then we'll get on to the— uh, Game's coming up in the next week, and then we'll end it. Sure. Sounds good? Sounds great. All right, cool. Uh, let's see here. What's your best Rangers story? Like, what 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 have the Rangers done for you Like uh, to, to create this story? I know the answer. Do you know the answer? <laughs> well, you've got a lot of interesting trips. Well, yeah. I, I mean, the, uh, the fuck Scott Gomez story is a story oh, in and of itself. Yeah, well, uh, and we'll tell that again one day. Um, do you want to actually save this question for next week since we were going to save one other and we didn't? Well, we brought it up. So, I mean, it's not a long story. I don't have a long story. What I about the night you got lost story. and you don't remember? <laughs> I got lost. Oh, that, well, no, that's not a great story because <laughs> I got lost and I don't remember. <laughs> I, I woke up to my buddy in a story. This was after game seven against the Capitals. Yep. Last came year. out of my blackout in Astoria and had no idea where I was. Yep. And I just, that's not a great story. That's a great that story the, on my end. I was trying to find where you were. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Uh, I can't contribute anything to that story. That's true. Uh, my favorite, though, was probably Game 5 in Tampa. I went to a lot of playoff games last yeah, year. Yeah, you did. Killed it. Um, it was a great team. Game 5 in Tampa, I went down with a buddy from Savannah, same buddy I work with that also had the same reaction to the Halverson signing. Shout out to buddies. Um, we went down there after the game. Rangers won. Everyone's having a great time. I, you know, a, am a drunk, rowdy Irishman when what? it comes to running my mouth at sporting events. You? No. I know, right? Uh, and we went to this bar by our hotel uh, afterwards, getting some drinks, hanging out with friends, having a good, grand old time. And, of course, there are a good amount of Ranger fans, but there are also a good amount of Lightning fans. And this one girl is being a little louder than the rest. And... I, I don't remember what the circumstances were that she ends up in my face just yelling at me. And for some reason, I had a stroke of genius in that time. And as she's yelling at me, looking like she's ready to punch me, all I'm saying back to her is, I love you. And I just keep <laughs> saying it over and over. And it's starting to calm her down. Long story short, I ended up getting her number like as her boyfriend was faced the other way, not paying attention wow, to her. Look at and you, it ended, yeah, I, I pulled the robbery. Um, so if you're ever in a fight with a girl from an opposing team and it's getting to a point where this girl is getting very heated, just start saying you love her. Very It'll calmly. all work out. Yes. I remember that. That's a fun story. For I, I don't have many, uh, fun Ranger related stories or something. I have other stories. Woo! But I can't go there. Um, uh, this is, this is a family uh, podcast. It's a family podcast. But, um, I remember one time I was listening to a Ranger game in a, uh, in the car and, I was supposed to meet some girl at a bar, but the game was just too good to turn off, so I never went in. 
and she just kept texting me, asking me where I was. Stuck in traffic. But then uh, the Rangers lost, and I got really sad, and I just drove home. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> she, she wasn't worth my time, but the Rangers lost. So You've now happily been dating her for two years. No, no, no. I, no, not at all. I love my girlfriend. <laughs> shout, shout, shout out to Victoria. Um, that, all right, so one last question here, and then we'll move on to the game previews. Actually, we got, we got a special question after, after these game previews, too. White Castle 56 says, which former Ranger should have their jersey retired? IMO, I think Park and Hatfield should both have their numbers retired pretty much. Right. Yeah. And you and I, we, we'll, we'll fill Simmons this one. We talked about this. We before. talked about this. Um, we agreed that they're good. They don't have a number they need to retire right now. Um, Park, as I was telling you, I, I, I know a little bit of Ranger hockey from working as an intern for MSG. Park was a very prominent member of the gag line, the goal of game line. But it was very clear that the star of that line was Rod Gilbert. And I think Gilbert does a, a plenty good job honoring that line with his number retirement uh, that I don't think you need to retire Park's number. I think we're good. I, I, an interesting question. Is there a current Ranger right now, Ryan, that you foresee having his number retired? I think it's Hank, for yeah, sure. It's certainly Hank, I and mean, it's no one else. It's not even close. Hank will have his number retired, but he's done. I'm curious to see how long McDonough stays a Ranger and if he's a captain for all those years. If McDonough stays a captain for the next six, seven years, I can see him getting to that level. But right now, I, I think it's very clearly just Hank. If McDonough wins a cup, he's going up the day after. The but... entire team is going <laughs> up the day after. Yeah, Glass is going up at the Raptors. Right, but Hank Hank for sure will have his number retired. I don't necessarily see anyone else that will have their number retired. I agree. So now we've gotten finally to the preview section of this podcast. Uh, we got three games coming up this week. We're not going to talk about them way like in depth too much. We've talked about these teams in the past. Um, but the first game coming up this week is to, today, actually. It's the Devils. Now the today, Devils, as in, today as in tomorrow. Today tomorrow. as in Tuesday, Correct. the day this podcast comes out. Right. The uh, magic of the internet. Yeah. Uh, big game. Big, really, big really game. big game. Uh, probably. The, the Devils, feisty team. Uh, Corey Schneider, great goalie. And the key is, you know, this might be a 2-1 to one Ranger win. You got to scratch out goals against Schneider, and the Devils right now struggling to put goals in themselves. They're riding a real nice hot streak right now. It's that, actually think, not too hot. They're 5-5 five and five in the last 10. So they're, okay. not, they're not coming in boiling. They're, yeah, I, well, I, I think this then this is a good time for the Rangers to get them because uh, – you know, the Devils are hanging on to the outside yep. of the playoff race, but they're they're hanging in there. They got a lot of fight in them. It's a it's a young team mixed with KG veterans. Schneider basically is the reason why the Devils are where they are. And if the Rangers can sneak two goals past the Devils, they they, they gotta buckle down on defense. They gotta only allow one. This is gonna be a, a two one uh white knuckler for sure. I agree. They're only four points behind us. That's why this game is just so big. And we, we're going to play them again the week after. I think we got three games with the Devils coming up. It's like, going to be tough, yeah. yeah. It's, it's definitely an important game, and it's time to really play Ranger hockey. Actually, it's a question we didn't answer from before. Hey, do you think the All-Star break really helped this Ranger team or hurt them? Uh, helped them. I agree. Eventually, they, they needed rest. They needed to get some of their key guys time away from the rink to just take a step back and prepare themselves for the 10-week battle. And you know what? That's what all the players are saying today after practice. They're, they're ready to go for this 10-week grind, and I'm ready to see what they got. I, I still firmly believe this is a playoff team, but they have to play like one in order to get there, and they have a fight on their hands, unlike years past. That, yeah, that question was uh, from our dear friend Sean Fox. Sean Fox, Twitter question. Thank you. Thank you, Twitter question. Um, after the Devils this week, we have the Wild, and the Wild are, are having a real tough time right now. They're also at 55 points. They're four points behind us also. Uh, Ryan Suter's having a good year. He's got yeah, 30... They're another, they're another team that desperately needed the uh, all-star break. Yeah, and, and I'll tell that, you that why. Is still, that is a deep, talented roster. I agree, but they're 2-6-2 two, and two in their last 10. Really needed the break, but still, I, I, the Wild are a hard team. Is that game at the Garden or on the road? I believe it's at the Garden. Let me double-check right now. Yeah, it, that's a team you got to – I don't care how poorly they're playing. They'll – They'll come up and bite you in the butt if you're not taking them seriously. And, uh, and especially, not in a good way at all. No, and them being squeezed between the Devils and the Flyers uh, is trouble. It is because, at the Garden. And uh, the right. Devils and the Flyers are away games. 
Ah, the Devils really isn't in the way. It's, it's not that really a way. That's basically a home game. Yeah, uh, we're not going to talk about shit about Philadelphia or anything, but it sucks. So, uh, yeah, no, Philly is not a home <laughs> game. They'll murder you. Uh, I know, there's no I know. question. As someone that's been to Philadelphia to watch New York baseball clubs, uh, yeah, not a fun place to be. Would never recommend it. Don't ever do it. No, probably one of the worst places on earth. Shout out to yeah, Philly. Uh, you know, if if a if I had to blow up one American city to save everyone else, easy choice. Easy choice. You know, I'm thinking of other American cities I'd like to blow up, and I, I can't think of anyone else. <laughs> uh, you know, Albuquerque has never done anything for me, yeah. but absolutely Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, so that wild game, scary game, just because it's sandwiched in between those two rivalry games that you know the Rangers are going to be up for, that it's a talented team coming off the All-Star break, coming off a cold spell. That, that game has me a little nervous, but – with it being at the Garden and the first game back at the Garden from the break, I, I think the Rangers should put together a good performance. Agree. And this Flyers game, I'm not going to go too much in depth with it. They're a team that's also struggling. Uh, but the, somehow they have 50 points. By the way, Simmons, like we talked about two weeks ago, always gives us fits. Scored two goals against us, against us in the last game, I believe. Uh, that's going to be, you know, it's never easy against Philly. They, Never. They always uh, play Chris us hard, Mason, just like the Islanders. And Chris Mason has our fucking number. Uh, I, I have some players I like. What was the, the player you really like we were talking about on their team? Oh, Gus Despierre. Yeah, I like him. The defenseman, he is solid. I like him, and they still have Voracek, and they got Claude Giroux. Like, the, the Flyers aren't a – they have great players. I, I never understand why the Flyers aren't at the end of the season higher in the standings because, on paper, their players – are very good and talented and can go toe-to-toe with just about anyone in the NHL. And yet, every year, the Flyers just, you know, for lack of a better term, suck. I'm not complaining. No, but, not at all. Um, that's going to be a hard game. I'd be very happy. If the Rangers got four points this week, I'm a happy camper. I was just about to say that. I want four points out of this week, and then I'm a I'm super happy camper. We, we play the Devils next Monday, and that's uh, you'll hear for our reaction I mean, we just previewed the Devils pretty much twice. You'll hear our reaction of all these games on next week's pod. Uh, right. We do have one more question that's not related to hockey whatsoever before we go. You ready for this one, bud? Ready, Freddy. Does the This is baseball-related. Your thoughts on the National League DH? I don't like it. Um, but at the same time, I readily admit that I have no good reason for it not to be in place. Fair. Uh, I like it. You and I have disagreed on almost everything this week, and that's kind of fun. But uh, at the same time, it makes sense that you disagree with it. You're a Tampa Bay Rays fan. Okay, that's So fair. you've grown up, well, physically, technically grown up with designated hitter. I'm a New York Met fan, so I've grown up without it, and I'm very used to playing baseball without it. Uh, but at the same time, I readily admit there is no defensible reason beyond the very old man, this is the way it's always been, to say that the NL does not need the DH. By all means, 96% of pitchers cannot hit. And I'm sure the game would be more competitive or entertaining um, if the DH was in place. But I don't know. I, I just like having pitchers hit. I think it adds a wrinkle to the managerial aspect of a baseball game that the American League lacks. Uh, if your pitcher has gone seven innings shutout, is approaching 100 pitches. It's a one-run ball game. You have a guy on second base with just one out. Do you let your pitcher hit or do you bring in a pinch hitter? Like, that's a scenario you'll never have in the American League. And I think that kind of game-changing scenario is entertaining to me. And that's really the only reason I can come up with uh, that the pitcher should still be hitting and the DH should not be in place. And I say all that fully acknowledging, again, no good reason beyond that that the DH isn't in place, and within the next two years, I am expecting the DH to be in place. I think by 2020, we will have an NL DH. I'm excited for it. Um, I think it's that'll be finally... Everyone's on the same page then in the league. Uh, it just sucks to watch pitchers strike out, and I know it's part of the game, and I agree with you about the managerial decisions. I really enjoy that that type of strategy in the game and the pinch hitter and having a deep bench, and that, that really matters to me, especially like when watching certain games. But I just can't see – I know the NL owners don't really want a DH because they have to spend more money. But to me, it's – it's you know, it kind of does skew a lot of stats. We look at pitchers for their ERA and, like, at, by the way, it's a free strikeout a lot of the time. At, at the same time, I don't know for certain if uh, necessarily it means National League teams have to spend more. I just think um, 
you have to get more creative with your bench structure for sure. Uh, like one thing that some NL teams do that American League teams probably would never think about: uh, three catchers. I don't. I can't name one AL team that's ever run three catchers out there, but we've seen the Mets have done it because they like using Kevin Ploiecki as a pinch hitter. That's true. Uh, the Cubs do it because David Ross is a personal catcher, and they like using Miguel Montero as a pinch hitter. We'll never like. There would be no reason for a team to really carry three catchers ever again because you have the designated hitter. You don't have to ever worry about pinch hitting as much uh, in a DH game as you do a pitching game. Um, And, you know, the double switch will go away forever, which I don't necessarily like. Um, I just, I don't know, you know, but you know what? If people like this discussion and want to hear more of us talking baseball, all I have to say is, come March first, you'll have a way to do that. Uh, this is now we've now officially entered the plug section of the podcast. Absolutely. Welcome to the one minute plugs before you go. Uh, I think we're going to do a podcast coming up this March called Ducks on the Pond. We'll be t- going through every single baseball team in the MLB, and uh, we're going to be looking at these teams from a very broad umbrella. Um, Ryan and I both like and enjoy greatly playing in a dynasty fantasy baseball league where you own players for unlimited years and you're basically trying to build your own franchise. So when we talk about these teams, we're not just going to be talking about, you know, the 25 man roster, what they're going to do for the upcoming week, stuff like that. We're going to be talking five years down the road. Yeah, we're going deep. Free agent decisions these teams have to make, what good, what bad trades these teams possibly have made or could make to help improve their ball club. Yeah. Stuff along those. We're going to be doing deep. So that's, dive there's way more information people. to come on that in the coming weeks. Nothing set yet, but we'll we'll keep you guys updated. If any of you are interested, let us know. Uh, we'll, the only thing for certain set is March first will be around the time we release episode one, and I believe we're going to go division by division alphabetically. Possibly, uh, we'll have up in the air still for discussion, but we will uh, yeah. keep everyone updated. I do want to give some actual shout-outs um, for this podcast. Before we go, uh, last couple things. I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. Absolutely no one. Give it up. Absolutely no one. Respect them hard. I love them. Absolutely no one sponsors us every week. And then I'd also like to give out to uh, Jeff Buddha, who does our, our theme music. He killed that theme music. I, I hope you all agree. I love listening to that track before I uh, put on this pod every week and on a re-listen. You can find him at jeffbuddha.com. And I'd like to give one special shout out to Steve. Oh. Steve is on SoundCloud, and he likes our post every week, and he's consistently liked our post every week for nine weeks. So give it up for Steve. It's going to be sad when we find out that Steve likes but doesn't listen. Oh, yeah, that's true. I do actually – can you stall for under one minute talking about literally anything? Anything. Well, today was uh, transfer deadline day for European football clubs. Uh, Actually, worldwide football clubs because they all follow the same – structure. Uh, I am now a proud Southampton Saint because they got my boy Charlie Austin from Queens Park okay. Rangers. We're done talking about that. Good for soccer. Okay. I just wanted to go up and look up. I forgot someone said it was their birthday and we had to wish them a happy birthday for shameless self-promotion. Happy birthday, make it Nashy 61. Hey. hey we did it. Guys, did it. this is our longest pod ever. We've gone over an hour. I can't believe this happened. I hope you all stay tuned. Follow us on Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, MyFace. See me at my house. Call me on personal cell phone. Text me. Hang out with me in my personal life. And we'll see you guys next week. Greg, say goodbye. Bye-bye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.